Have you had any experience with artificial intelligence over this last year? I have. I've been using that a lot. And I think it's really interesting. I know it's not 100% correct, but it sure can get you on a good path. You're listening to The Busy Latter-day Saint, where righteous desires and living life come together. I'm your host, Richard Bernard. Because this podcast ends on a spiritual high, I do not add any comments at the end. So I add them here. You can help support this podcast by sharing it with friends and family, clicking the follow button, and giving it a five-star rating. I am also the host of the Everyday Saints podcast aired by Cedar Fort Publishing and Media. There I have the wonderful opportunity to interview authors published by Cedar Fort and learn about their new books. I encourage you to check it out. There is a link in the show notes. Lastly, I want to thank two talented musicians for their intro and outro music. Angie Gillian and Marvin Goldstein have been guests on this podcast. See the show notes for more information. Today, Shannon Tilly joins us and shares her husband's recent call as a mission president in New Mexico and her unique approach to studying the scriptures. And now, here's Shannon. Shannon, welcome to the podcast. How is it in Arizona today? It's beautiful. Nice sunny day. Uh, and, I was going to look at the temperature. It's, it, it's really nice. <laughs> Not it's, snowy. It's, it's really nice. Well, I'm looking out my window. It's supposed to snow. And uh, it's, but it's not going to snow because it's 35 degrees. Oh, <laughs> we got to get a little bit lower than that uh, to get some snow, but it's been quite cold up here. So how, how long have you lived in Arizona? Um, I was born and raised here pretty much my whole life. I was in Utah for a few years as a young girl, but Arizona is home for sure. Wow. What made you move to Arizona? Uh, my parents came to Arizona. They lived in Utah and they came to Arizona and that's where I was born. And, and where in Arizona are you? We are in Gilbert, Arizona. Oh, Gilbert. I know Gilbert. I've been, I've been down there to speak. And um, how we, I got to know you is you sent me an email and I'm not going to go through the facts that you, you told me in the email because we'll do that here on the podcast. But um, I was fascinated by what you wrote to me. So tell, tell me about yourself. Um, um, Education-wise? Um, I graduated from ASU as an adult. I finished that after my kids went back to school. We have six children, um, five married, almost 18 grandchildren. Wow, it's, it's, it's going to keep climbing too. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so what did you major in? I majored in, it was called educational studies. So just a lot of research and I wanted to be a teacher when I was in um, college as a youth. And then after I had my kids, I switched to research and study. And I should say this, one of the reasons I went to, I found out that I could go to ASU Institute if I was a student. And as soon as I found that out, I slowed my classes way down because I wanted to get all I could from that institute program. Yes. Well, it's an excellent program. Now, are you doing anything with that degree now? Nope. Just, well, I guess not really. I sub-seminary. I study the scriptures with that degree, I guess. Oh, okay. So you're really good at research. I think so for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything special you use in research? I mean, as far as software or anything? 
No, I just, um, I use the, I use Apple products. So I use the yellow notebook a lot. I use Word, I use Excel. I, those are my main. And then of course, Gospel Library is my. Okay. Have you had any experience with artificial intelligence over this last year? I have, I've been using that a lot. And I think it's really interesting. I know it's not 100% correct, but it sure can get you on a good path. Yeah. In what ways are you using it? Um, I started using it just to see what the world thinks about certain scriptures. You know, back when we were doing New Testament and Book of Revelation, I thought that was interesting to see how the world would teach those principles. Now, do you use it all in studying the scriptures? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, I mean, uh, you're reading something in the Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, and you've got a question. Um, I don't know. i got to think of a question here. Um, yes, I do. I know what you're saying. Yes, okay. I'll just ask, what does this word mean? Or what does this phrase in you know mean? And, and it'll say, oh, this is a phrase from John chapter, you know, whatever. Okay. And this means, and usually it's pretty good, but. Sometimes it's a little off. Yeah, I um, I've been experimenting with it, you know, ever since I became aware of it. Well, when it became it came out last, I think last March, and um, just to have some fun, I said summarize Alma thirty two, <laughs> and I was surprised it was very accurate. It was it was very very accurate. It gave me bullet points, so. So I think as time goes, we're going to experiment with it more and find out exactly what it can do do for us. You have uh, six children, and um, you're there in Arizona. What church callings do you have? Um, I'm currently a ward missionary, um, and I teach Sunday school with my husband to the 17 and 18-year-olds. Oh. And, yeah, and then we were just called to be mission leaders, so uh, the end of June. So Mexico, you're going to live North. up there? No, we got called. My husband will be the mission president, and so we'll be moving to Mexico for oh, three I years. See. Okay, so he's the mission president. When was that call made? Um, the official call was November 8th from President Oaks. So, and then we found out where we, where we were going in December. Okay. Now, did you get a phone call from him, or was he in the area? Exactly how does that happen? So what happened was... At the end of October, we got a call from Neil L. Anderson, and it was a Zoom call. And we talked to him for about an hour, and he told us that it was just a call to get to know us and that, and to see if we would be able to serve now or in the future. And that was an incredible experience. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, is we got an email from President Oak's secretary and asked if we could meet with President Oaks. And then we have friends who are also mission presidents, and they said, if you can, you should go up to Utah and have a personal interview rather than Zoom. So we did that. And President Oaks spent over an hour with us, and and he made the official call. And it was to my husband to be the president and for me to be a full-time missionary and his companion. And then we didn't know this, but together they're called mission leaders. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, that must have all come as a wonderful surprise. Yeah, very surprised. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I, I think it's a great calling, and you'll have great experiences working. How many missionaries does that mission have? Well, they're just making a third mission in Puebla, and so they said we'll probably start out with about 100, and then 
if I remember right, I think it's 150 to 180 is the goal for missions now. And will there be Spanish in that? Yes. My husband speaks Spanish. I'm cramming oh, to okay. learn Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, are most of the missionaries in that area are Spanish speaking then? Um, I think, well, they are, well, the uh, U.S. missionaries are called to speak Spanish, but from what we understand, about half are from um, English speaking countries and then about half from Mexico or Spanish speaking countries, although there are a few Brazilian missionaries too. So I'm not oh, sure okay. how that works. Oh, okay. We've heard that is wanting the missionaries to learn English because then they can do pathway when they get home. Yeah. Hopefully that will be the case. And there is a program for them to learn English. As far as the scriptures, exactly how do you go about studying the scriptures? Um, something that I did years ago, well, it was back in 1997, I decided I was going to read the Book of Mormon in one year. I thought that was going to be a big chore, and it turns out that it's only three columns a day. And so I read it my first year, and I always like to have a topic. So this was my first one. It's temples. And the reason I chose that topic is because I ran across this quote. It was in a book written by Hugh Nibley. And he said that some people say um, that the Book of Mormon can't contain the fullness of the gospel because it doesn't have anything about the temple in it. And then he said, well, don't fool yourself. It has all the ordinances in it in their old form. Anyway, so I thought, well, I'm going to read the Book of Mormon and see if I can find these temple, you know, things about the temple. And so I was shocked. I'll show you. I know people can't see, but Every single page is just full of somehow it reminded me of something in the temple. And so after that year, I thought I'm going to do that every single year. And so I've done that every year since then with a different topic. And I only read three columns a day because I have so many other things I want to study. You know, if it's not Book of Mormon year, then, you know, you're in the New Testament or some other book. But there's so many promises related to reading the Book of Mormon every day that I just can't not read the Book of Mormon every day. And three columns doesn't take that long. Right. And we should be reading the Book of Mormon every day, regardless of what Come Follow Me is. That's not coming from me. That's coming from our prophets that say that we need to be in the Book of Mormon every day. I was shocked. I, I don't know if I've shared this on the air before, but I was at a ward and uh, it was um, a fifth Sunday and uh, it was a ward that I was visiting. And uh, one of the people in the class, and the ward was made, made up with a lot of young people that have one or two young children. And one, I believe it was a, a brother that said, you know, between work and, and the children and everything, I've only got so much time to study the scriptures. So is it, should we be in Come Follow Me or in the Book of Mormon? And I was just absolutely shocked when the bishop said in Come Follow Me, absolutely. And at that time, I think it was the Old Testament. And I I thought, no, that's not correct. But I, I kept my mouth shut. And I, I after that, I, I started interviewing various bishops as I give devotionals. And I would ask them that question. And every one of them said, the Book of Mormon comes first. <laughs> and so when you've got the Old Testament or the New Testament, well, you, you just fit that in. Uh, the best you can, but you've got to make sure you spend some time in the Book of Mormon every single day. And so I, I've i done that, and um, when I get to the end, I just start over again at the title page. And it's amazing, as many times as you read it, 
you always discover new things. True. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, more as far as you're studying now, do you use hard copies? Do you do you put, make notes on on I pen use... and paper? What, what what exactly is your method? What do you do? Well, for my three columns, I use paper. And I just do that first thing in the morning. But usually I end up taking something from my paper scriptures and putting it in gospel library. So I am a, pretty much, except for that, in gospel library the whole okay. time. And I'll tell you experience I had um, in 2010, I was just called us a stake primary president. And we had our first training meeting. And afterwards, I was with the stake president counselor over primary. And we had a presidency come up to us and say, President, can we please stop? Can we please make a rule not to let phones in primary? And I had been serving as the primary chorister. And so I knew the problem because, and it's the teachers, you know, and they're on their phones and they're not singing and they're not participating. So I knew what they were saying. And so I was curious of what the, our state president counselor would say. And um, he turned to me and said, well, sister Tilly, what do you think? And so I didn't say anything then. I just said, I'll get back to you. And I just prayed about that for quite a while. I don't remember exactly how long, but as I just pondered that and I could see both sides of it, I had this this impression come to my mind and it just said, if you don't get on the wave, you're gonna get crushed by it. And at that time I was 100% paper. And, um, but after that experience, I tried, it took a long time to transition to digital. And now that I'm digital, I rarely use my paper copies. I think that's a wonderful revelation. I think it's very true because uh, the brethren uh, want us to use the gospel library. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that's actually, that's, I, I like the way that was um, given to you um, about the wave. I think that that's, that is great. As far as the gospel library then, are you using it on a phone, iPad, on, on your computer? Or exactly what version are you using? I use it on all of them, my iPad, my iPhone, and my MacBook. I think and you should verify this, it doesn't seem as user-friendly on the computer. Like a, it's harder to link, you know, a quote or yes. something. So I usually use my iPhone or my iPad, mostly my iPhone. Now, actually on your MacBook, are you running the Gospel Library app or you're going on to online at the church uh, website? The app. Okay, you're using the app, okay. Because if you use the online version, uh, which is you go to the church website and use that version, it's not quite as um, complete with features as, um, as the others are. Well now, because you do topics, are, are you using the um, study sets at all? I, I use the, I don't know how to use the study set. I use the, um, I forgot, you know, the. I forgot what it's called, where you can put all of your, the things that you're using in one, let me pull it up. Maybe you could give us a lesson on how to use the study set. Well, it could be, I'm confusing it a little bit because the study sets are on the, uh, is the online version. Okay, I use study plans. Okay, yeah, study plans. Um, if you use the online version, uh, there are study sets. So what that is, is if you're gonna study, uh, well, the topic could be uh, temples in the Book of Mormon. So that could be your title. It will give you a clean slate. That means the scriptures will absolutely be 
no markings in them at all. And then as you as you go through it and you mark it up regarding temples, then you've always got that set. It's it's like taking um, uh, Elder Bednar would talk about taking a, a cheap copy of the Book of Mormon. You know, the two or three dollar one. I think it's four or five dollars now. But anyway, you you can take that and mark it up about Christ. And then he's got his bookshelf full of by topic. You know, he puts it in the spine there. And so we can do that with study sets now. But that's only available for currently. It, it will be on the others. But that's the reason I was asking. If you actually went to the online version, then you could have one that's just temples and have a study set there, and it doesn't disturb all your other markings that you have. Yeah, I need to look into that because mine are very marked up. Yeah, and it's it's just in the very um, upper right hand corner. It'll stay study sets, and there I think there if memory serves me right. There's a plus there, and you just tap on it and give it a title, and you're given a, fr a fresh uh, copy of the scriptures. It's really great. Well, now within the gospel library, are you using notes? Yes, I use notes and tags, and I think I use it all thanks okay. to you. Um, as far as notes and tags, um, do you prefer to use tags over notes or notes over tags? Um, I use both because I want to find it quickly for tags, but then I use my notes because maybe there's a quote that goes with it or, you know, there's maybe I'll link it to another scripture that says the same thing or, or something like that. So I use, that's what I use the most. And I do have some notebooks that I just have pages in. Like if I'll go back to temple, you know, I might have a bunch of temple tags and then I'll have a notebook that I can just add. Maybe I find a bunch of quotes or I read a book about the temple and I just want to have my notes. Okay. You use little notebooks. Okay. So you mainly use tags. When you have a notebook, what are you using notebooks for? Um, just to keep all of the same thing together, like if it's the main topic. Okay. But I like tags because, you know, if I have a quote that's under temple and repentance or, you know, then I can tag it more than one thing. Another right. thing I do with tags is if it's a quote from like David A. Bednar, I have a tag that says D-A-B. Like if it's one that I want to remember, because sometimes I'll think, oh, Elder Bednar said something about that. And so then I can just go to my D-A-B tags and quickly skim through them and find, you know, the one that I said. I don't do that with every single quote. I just do that with the ones that I really, really like. Well, I just learned something here. I've, I never thought of doing it that way because I do have quotes from him or I've got quotes from Elder Oaks or President Oaks and, and I have tags, I have a tag called quotes, but then I have to <laughs> scroll through them to find the one I'm looking for. Um, that's a brilliant idea. I really like that. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I also have like president Nelson has talked a lot about certain things. And so I'll have temple dash R R M N. <laughs> and then, because then I, then if I type in temple, all my temple quotes will come up. But if I want to see just the ones from president Nelson, they, you know, I can just click on that tag and then just those will come up. Okay. Well, you're, you're doing um, what I encourage people to do. You're actually creating what, what, we, what, what in the computer, how can I put this? In the computer world, um, you, you can have subtags. 
And so that's what you're doing by putting a dash in. Um, I've been trying to encourage the church to actually have sub-tags so that when you tag temple, you would see directly under that, you know, President Nelson, Bednar, and, and the others. Um, they haven't quite bought into my idea of that. But now you use a dash. I use a forward slash. And it doesn't, for the listeners, it doesn't matter. You can use an asterisk, whatever you want to use. And you don't have to use anything. You could just have temple space, uh, President Nelson. Um, but yes, uh, but I like that idea. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to start doing that. In fact, I want to clean some of mine up uh, <laughs> over the next few days where I just have a tag for Bednar and the other, each of the, uh, um, uh, of the apostles. Very good. Well, I've learned something. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm always amazed how the different ways people use the gospel library, and, uh, and I like it when I, I learn something, uh, something new there. Um, is there anything else in the gospel library? Now, it just crossed my mind. You're going to be serving a mission with your, your husband. Um, you're going to get to know the Preach My Gospel pretty good, the new version. And now you'll be able to start new tags and, and things. And I encourage um, missionaries, I'm jumping all over the place here, but I encourage missionaries to have either a notebook or a tag that says questions for the mission present. Because what happens is they have their time interview with the mission president and they go, there was something I wanted to ask you. And if they would just tag that or make a notebook, however, whether they want to do it and just have questions for the mission president. That's great. Idea. So, so maybe you can pass that on to the missionaries. <laughs> yeah, that's and, great. Yeah, because uh, I, I know questions come to their mind, or uh, it, but it, see, they could be having a discussion, and something comes up that they don't quite know sure how to answer, or if they handled it correctly. And at that time, while you're remembering, just to put that in a notebook uh, or a note, I guess I would suggest uh, probably a notebook would be better. Because you can just put notes in there, um, so yeah, I would have a notebook, um, but put it in at the time after you've had the discussion and you're in your car or on your bike uh, to just put that in there right away, so that you've got things to ask. <laughs> and it also happens when they're at zone meetings and things. I know the mission presence say who hey, I got any questions or concerns and. You can raise your hand and go, I've got 10 items here I'd like to go through. <laughs> so uh, so I, I encourage any missionaries and when I speak at devotionals to, when I know that I've got young people in there is just set set this up and how, whatever way what's, what works for you, but just um, have something ongoing so that uh, you can ask the mission president um, his help and advice on various things. So. Thing I learned from you that I think the listeners need to know is that there's no limited space in gospel library. Like I was at first was worried to put too many things in there. And then also you said that after you die, that your posterity can get it. Yes. I just think that that is really important for people to know that once they put it in there, it's there forever and you're not limited on, on space. Yes. So yes, to find that, you go to the three dots in the upper right-hand corner, tap on Help, and then tap on Frequently Asked Questions. 
scroll down to miscellaneous and the first item there, and it's almost down toward the bottom, it says, can I access notes created by a deceased family member? And you tap on that and it gives you the exact instructions what to do and what information you have to supply. So yes, it is a, a great feature. And actually, as I give devotionals, uh, I've had people come to me and say, I never thought of using the gospel library, but now I'm going to start using it just for that reason. Because when you have one hard copy of scriptures and notes, uh, they get scattered and they can get lost and they can burn in a fire or tornadoes. Of course, you live in Arizona, you don't have any of that. But, um, you know, th things can happen where when you have a digital copy and things are backed up and the church backs them up, uh, you've always got it. And then... Um, and, and someone wrote to me about it uh, just last week, a friend of mine um, that I've got to know because of my podcast, and uh, she asked about this, and she says, but the user, they issue a new username and password, uh, so only one person has access. And I said, I've never looked at it that way. Once you have the username and password, you pass it out to the family, <laughs> and they, they, they can do what they want with it. So I, I think that's a, a great, great, great tool. Well, you asked in the other way, I use Gospel Library, and there is one way that I love using it, and that is seminary. I substitute teach seminary, and I always am surprised that the youth don't know the Gospel Library, you know, very well. And so I like to start, if I'm in a new class I'd never been into before, we have a little gathering or whatever, and then I love to say, okay, get out your phones. And it's more often now that seminary teachers are using phones, but you know, a few years ago they weren't supposed to use their phones. You know, as soon as I say, get out your phones, they're like, they look up and they're like, what's going on? And so then I like to have them, you know, I'll say, okay, go to Jacob three, nine, and we'll see who can get there fastest and have a little, we call it quick draw. So you put your phone under your desk and then see who can find it fastest, you know, and then they go through the whole process and they go to gospel library and then they go to scriptures and then they go to book of Mormon and then they go to Jacob. And then they go to three. And so then after they do that, then I'll say, okay, watch how fast I can do it. Cause this is going to blow your mind. And so then, you know, I just pull up the gospel library. I show them I have gospel libraries, all I have open. And then I just type in J three, nine and scroll. I would say scroll, don't search scroll. Yeah. And you know, you can have it in one second and they're just so excited about that. Yeah. So I love to do that and then take them on a little you know, and have them tag something or one time, well, I've done this a few times, but have a little um, treasure hunt. And I put nine um, papers around the classroom that have um, maybe like, the, I say nine because it was script sacrament that I did this with. And so they were supposed to look up the sacrament prayers and then on their first treasure that they find, but they're all, I need to back up a little bit. They're all around the room in nine different places. And so there's nine activities, gospel library activities, you know, so then they look up all of the sacrament scriptures and link them. And then they go to this certain place and mm. find, you know, write an experience they had in the sacrament in their journal. And then they link this scripture to that scripture on the next one. And then I'll have a QR code that takes them to this quote about the sacrament. So then they do all that. And then when they come back together, I said, okay, I'm going to blow your mind again and have them just go down to their notes and I just say, just open your notebook. And there's all nine of those things under sacrament because they've all been tagged sacrament. And they're just so excited. Once they know it's there, they're so excited about it and yes. about the scripture. And yeah. I think I mentioned to you, every time I go to a, a teaching 
what's a teacher council meeting, you know, everyone's like, how do we get our kids off the phone? And in my mind, I'm like, no, how do we get them on their phone into yeah. Gospel Library? It's yeah. just so Well, I've shared it on air before, but I'll do it again. Um, I was at a meeting up in Salt Lake, uh, out of the priesthood family department. Actually, it was a Zoom meeting. And there was about 11 of us on there. And uh, someone said, I have to share that there was a stake and he, the person named the stake, and I won't name the stake. Um, that there's a stake um, which was in Utah. So anyway, there there's a stake, and they are encouraged. They're telling the youth not to bring their phones to uh, the youth conference, and um, and everybody in that group, I mean, just went, "They what? <laughs> no, they're to bring them and teach them how to use them." <laughs> And so, and I think there is a time to put their phones away. You know, they're out in the woods and out in the mountains and on these camps. And yeah, let's let's put them away and and feel the spirit. And then also, there's times to pull them out and feel the spirit too. Yeah, and and the youth need to be taught that. The, the problem is they're not. Um, survey was done of teenagers a few years ago, uh, uh, just about this subject. And one of the things they learned about from these teenagers was they said, our parents tell us everything that we shouldn't do on these devices. They never tell us what we can do that is you know, healthy to do. And so parents are going, don't do this, don't get on this, don't get on that, don't get on this, so we're gonna monitor this. And instead of sitting down with them in family home evening and saying, Let, let's find a way that we can uh, get closer to the Lord by using these devices because these devices were given to us to hasten the Lord's work. And I have all sorts of quotes on that. If anybody wants them, just to, just email me. Um, but these devices are given to us by Heavenly Father. In fact, Elder Bednar said a few years ago to a group of uh, mission presidents that were getting ready to go on the mission, it told them to embrace technology. Do not avoid it, embrace it. And of course, we found out during COVID that that's what they had to do because they couldn't go out and knock on doors. And they and they found, these young missionaries found very creative ways to get on Instagram and Facebook and, and do missionary work. And so, we, yeah, and I, I still like that quote about, about the wave. <laughs> and and I, I think it's very true. In fact, I, I teach a Wednesday morning class for those that want to attend on how do you use your phone to enhance your life and and not have it be a distraction. And um, so uh, I, I think it's very, very important. We just had a training and they said that the new Preach My Gospel, the big, I mean, there's lots and lots of changes, but a lot of it is technology is now in Preach My Gospel and how to preach my gospel you know, using technology. Yes, yes. the minute that came out, I read through it and I was very very happy to see what they were doing as far as, as, far as technology. Well, do you have any other words of wisdom on um, the Gospel Library? I think so. Okay, well, I'm grateful that I got with you today. Like I said, I've learned something. I'm gonna be making some changes. So, well, as always, we end this podcast with uh, you sharing your testimony. Would you mind doing that? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I'll do that by way of my Book of Mormon. One of the experiences that I had, it was in um, 2013 in my Book of Mormon reading, and my topic was parenting principles. And I didn't 
think at the time my kids were all doing great. And then during that year, I just had um, a lot of trials as they're growing up. And then since then with other children too, and even grandchildren now, I continue to add to this parenting principle, Book of Mormon. And, you know, there's so many things that the, the Book of Mormon teaches us. And I love Elder or President Oaks. There was a talk in 1995 and he talks about how the scriptures are not the ultimate source of knowledge, but what precedes the source of knowledge. And so I like to share that when you're reading the scriptures, you're listening beyond what the scriptures are saying. Maybe I can give you an example in Jacob 3.9. I mentioned that earlier. I'm going to read it. Well, you, if you want, anyone wants to read along, they can, but I'm going to read what the spirit told me. And this was at a time when my husband and I, we disagree on parenting. And now that we're done parenting, I look back and I think what a balancing blessing that was. Because at the time I thought we don't agree, but now looking back, I'm like, no, we came to the middle because I felt one way and he felt another way. And that was such a blessing. But this came during a time that I was feeling that um, I wasn't being listened to. So this is Jacob 3.9, my edited version, the, what I heard in my mind as I'm reading these scriptures, wherefore a commandment I give unto you, which is the word of God that ye revile no more against your husband because of his imperfections. Neither shall ye revile against him when he is too busy, but ye shall remember your own imperfections and remember that his came because of his father's numbers 10 and remember your children and the example that ye set before them. And also remember so that their sins are not heaped upon your heads at the last day. And then I heard these words, I'll take care of Clark. You take care of you. And this whole book, I can show you, and the listeners can't see, every single page, the Spirit told me what to do with my hard teenagers. Um, maybe one other example. It's kind of a funny example, but it's um, a good example. Let's see if I can find it in. Well, this one isn't very funny, but this one was also a good one. In First Nephi 5.5.3. It says, and after this manner of language had my mother complained against my father. This is Sarah or Sariah complaining against Lehi. And, you know, when I read that, I just thought, did Laman and Lemuel learn to murmur from their mother? And it was just a message to me to make sure that I am not murmuring, you know, because of that example to my kids. Um, I don't have the reference here, but another time we had always said we're not going to have we're not going to take their phone. We want them to use their phone and you know and have it. We want to teach them how to use it. We're not going to take it. And then one day I was reading in the Book of Mormon, and this it was the story of where they threw um I can't remember now, something in the fire. And in my mind, I thought, take the phone. And obviously we're not going to throw it in the fire, but we're going to throw it away for a time. And um this particular child ended up going on a mission and the when when they got home they said the day you took the phone is the day that the spirit told me your parents are not trying to make your life miserable they're there to help you and that was a turning point in their life that were that helped them to go on a mission so anyway i could obviously any page i have parenting principles and um my testimony is that the book of mormon is what brings testimony? Um, I'll close with this last one. This is a year in 1998. I read about the Savior, and I wanted to find from the scripture that says, 
in Moses, it says, all things bear record of me. I thought, okay, I'm going to go into the Book of Mormon. I'm going to find every noun. I'm going to see how every noun bear record of Christ. And as I went through that process, one day it just hit me that I, Shannon Tilly, was made to bear record of Christ. And it was at that point that I decided that when my kids were gone, I was going to start subbing seminary or do something that I would have more opportunities to bear record of Christ. And so that's my testimony of the Book of Mormon and of the Savior. And I know that he is with us throughout our lives. You know, the scriptures, it says they'll show you all things or they tell you. The scriptures tell you all things that you should do. And it doesn't matter which Book of Mormon I have. I could say, well, this Book of Mormon is about the temple. Well, this one's about the Savior. This one's about how to parent. It doesn't matter what you're trying to find out. The scriptures will tell you all things what you should do. And so that's my testimony of the Book of Mormon and the Savior who I love. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.